Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Amen. The title of my message is How to Stay Lit in Relationship. Because to stay lit means there is light in you. You can't light the darkness or light the world if there is no light in you. The frustration comes when the light in you does not get passed down. And so if, if I have four people on the platform and they have candles in their hand, or three of them have got candles, and I touch the first one with my candle, we always do this exercise in weddings where we ask the husband and the wife to light their candles and together they light the middle candle which means together their work will light the world. Uh, but if there is one person in the chain who refuses to light the other person, you cause there to be a break in the relationship. And God wants our light to light the world. Our relationship that we form is supposed to affect the community, supposed to affect the kingdom. When you have a relationship that is not blessing the kingdom, it becomes a cult. And two people coming together, they are saying, you know what, it's only between us. We don't let anybody know what we are doing does not affect other people. Then that's not the kind of relationship God wants. So whether it's in church, whether it's your career, whether it's in anything, if you've been blessed with something, God wants that to bless other people. I witnessed um, a webinar yesterday where someone who had been blessed in their training, in their career, in their studies, now is blessing other people who are coming behind. And I turned to my daughter, I said, one day, whatever you're studying is supposed to be used like that. You're supposed to impact those who are coming behind you to impact somebody else. So it means the light is shining. If there's something you are doing in the ministry, you look back and there's no one you are touching. There's no one you are passing it on to, or there's no one that is being blessed by what you did. It means the light stopped with you. It means you are not staying lit. Because light can't just stop itself from impacting or illuminating darkness. There's no joy in saying, oh, they didn't want it. Oh, nobody wanted it. No. Light can't stop itself from shining. So to stay lit is very, very important. And we look at that through relationships. Relationships are our greatest resource. If you want to look at what is it that God gave to you, it's not money. It's not house. It's not car. It's not. It's relationships. That's why it's important what you do with people. The people you see around you. How you treat them. What you do with them is extremely important. Our relationship with our community is important. Why? Because how much do you want to pay for the relationships that God has given us? It's not money that is your greatest asset. It is people that you relate to. It is what you do with people. It is what you are doing around you. And this is why this teaching is extremely important. Whether you are young or old, you must listen to what God is saying to us at this time. A true and strong relationship begins with honesty with yourself and God. If you want to look at the relationships you have, how to get it better, it begins with your honesty. You have to actually ask yourself, how honest am I with myself and God? Do you know what I found out? Many people are not honest with themselves. You cannot assess yourself rightly. You can't say to yourself, this is who I am before God. 
The reason why this is important is this is where you can go to and you can be sure nobody will judge you. You cannot be a good worker in your career, a good worker in church, a good husband or a good friend to anybody if you don't have a relationship with God. It may start well because there's a good car, a flashy car, a good money we are throwing around. A point comes when you feel frustrated. You feel burnt out. You feel exhausted. And because there's no relationship with God, that thing will become questioned. Everything going on in that relationship will now become boring, will become a pain, will become something you don't even want to hear anymore. That's why some people who have been a good worker in a church, one day they just say, you know what, I'm not doing it anymore. Why? Who offended? Nobody. They say, oh, me, I'm God, I'm okay. No, you are not okay. Because his love is new every day. Great is his faithfulness. Even when man fails you, there is something in God that allows you to look at man the way God looks at them. That's why this thing begins with God. Your marriage will not always be feeling like, oh, it's honeymoon. My wife knows I love her. You know, tedo, 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 everything. <laughs> not that was everything within me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. She knows that. But I don't feel loving, loving every time. Neither does she. And never, never in our life do we think I'd want someone else. So, now here is the deal. You cannot always feel, oh, <laughs> my wife is doing me gri gri gri. It's not true. <laughs> it is not true. So, equally, relationship with your friend cannot be hunky-dory every time. Equally, relationship with your business, with your work cannot be great. Life is full of ups and downs. The only person that is constant is God. So, once you take God out of any relationship, either this church, you love it today, I am not promising you will love it next month. I'm not promising you will love your family next month or your, or your friend next month or your parents next month. But if you love God, you will find out that there will be consistency. So, any great relationship begins with who? God. There is nobody that God wants to be an island. No matter who you are, God wants you to be in relationship. And we ask ourselves, so how do I know a healthy relationship? Five tests. To test any relationship you are in. From Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 to 12, we said it must show profit. If that relationship is good, it must have profit. Ask yourself, how profitable has this thing been since you've been in it? Stop excusing failure. It must be positive. It must have a positive impact in your life. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. That relationship, does it encourage you to pray? Does it encourage you to seek God? Does it encourage you to serve God? Relationship that makes you ashamed of being a Christian, that's not a good relationship. Is it positive? Relationship that is promoting your vision, your purpose. That's how you can assess it. You know, I'm in this unit to make a first class. Oh, first class. Mm. I just want to finish. I just want to let my people go. That's not a relationship you should be in. It might be promising you heaven and earth, but you should know it's not promoting healthy lifestyle. Is it bringing power to your life? Power. Is it empowering you? And lastly, is it protecting you? Very important. We told ourselves that many things are existing in our world today that actually has so much messed up good relationship. We told ourselves last week, 
that there are many things that have given us a wrong perception of what relationships should be. You see, there are programs on TV, there are so many things our young ones are into these days. And when they see you coming, they turn their phone the other way. They think you have not been a child before. Anything you cannot do and make it public, you should not be in it. That's why all my family members have my PIN number. Do they have your own PIN number? Okay, don't answer that question. It is a safe thing. Make yourself safe like that. Because every hiding place you provide, the devil will help you feel it. Jesus Christ was the one I learned it from. He said, the prince of this world comes and finds nothing in me. So ensure, if you're going to stay lit, light is a thing we can see through. Make that relationship clear. Very important. There are traditions that have defined relationships for us. They are not necessarily correct. If I to shock you as we go in this series, even there are some church traditions that are not biblical, but they have become a tradition that we have seen to be part of what we see in relationship. I shared one of them with my wife. Even though I did a series many years ago, they shall become one flesh. This is nearly 20 years ago, and I think I repeated it about 10 years ago. But I shared something with my wife. I said, do you know that this thing is not in the Bible? She said, wow, I didn't know that. Now, it's important for us to learn, to unlearn, and to relearn. That's the way we will stay relevant. So there may be things which we have used to practice, used to believe in. The more light is shed on our heart, the more we begin to actually change. That shows we are not static. If you want to have strong relationship, you want your light to continue to shine and stay lit, then there are some crucial elements that you must consider. We told ourselves that you must deal with people who know their place. You must know your own place too. Knowing your place simply means there is stability about you. Where did God plant you? What relationship did he put you? Amen. Adam, where is your place? He gave Adam a garden. Where is yours? Knowing your place, place was the first thing that God gave man. And place is not, it's not your postcode we are referring to. But it's to know the place God placed you. It's to know the uniqueness. Place where if you are not there, there is a space. There is a gap. And until you know it's your place, you cannot fulfill purpose. Knowing your place will tell you, if I don't do that, who else will do it? Jesus Christ said, I must be about my father's business. Amen. Know your place. None of us created ourselves. God created us. And if you are out of place, it means you are displaced. You are out of place. You are disjointed. May you not be disjointed. There are some of you that got put in a team and you allow anything and everything to take you. If you are, you are being framed by God to be in a particular way, nothing shifts you from place. Nothing. Success should not. Pain should not. But you know what I found out? One of the things that take people out of place is success. Success. Because you, when you know your place, now begin to look around. <laughs> everything is mine. I can do anything, but... That was last week. I don't want to go into that. Then we also told ourselves that it's important to know your identity. Know your identity. Because if you do not know who you are, you will not honor other people's identity. Know your identity. 
To forge successful relationship in life always begin with knowing who you are. Who you are as a man, who you are as a woman. People who have the right image of themselves, they respect other people's image. So, knowing your identity will mean that you can't wake up tomorrow and begin to look for, I wish I was like him. I wish I, I, wish I was like him. I wish I, I, I mean, waking up and then discovering that I, I wish. A lot of things we see in our society today, no matter how people want to package it, it is lack of knowing who they were. Oh, I am in a wrong body. Know your identity. Know who God called you. What did God say you are? Who did God say you are? Know who you are. Then that way, nobody will tell you who you are not. I watched one interview one day, and somebody who had some sex change was querying the other person. How did you know you are who you are? Didn't that your parents tell you? And I'm like, excuse me. But here, the point is, know who you are. Very important. But I'm going to continue on this know who you are today. And I'm looking at it from the angle of, for you to stay late, you must be single. So on that, that same point of identity, I am looking at it that be sure you are single. Ask your neighbor, are you single? You see, some of them will have answered, no, I'm married. This is not about marital status. This is not about marital status. This is about singlehood. And this affects both married people and single people. It's not about marital status. And I'm going to go a bit deeper into this subject. In fact, you know what I found out in counseling? Many married and unmarried people suffer because of their lack of understanding of the subject of singlehood. Because this aspect is still a question. To be single means to be whole, to be separate, to be unique. Singleness is a state of completeness and maturity. I'm sure you have heard this many times. But I'm going to show you something else about it. Singleness is a state of identity. It's a state of self-actualization and distinctiveness. It is important that you are single. I am married, but it does not remove my singlehood. I am an individual. And when we get to God, there is nothing about I will be saved because of my marriage. You can't be saved because of your family name. Everybody will stand before God and get what they have done in the flesh. You don't even need to get to heaven. Okay? You just need to get to the airport. And your husband's passport cannot pass you. <laughs> everybody will have to pass through their own. Their, everybody has to be single to file through. If you enter inside together, you say, no, madam, please come back. No, that's my husband going. They say, yes. When we finish with him, we will call you in. So that's to tell you there is something about that. Don't believe a lie that you need to be married to become whole. If you are not whole before you get married, you will have a difficulty in, difficulty in that marriage. And don't believe people who tell you, oh, look at my husband. He's my world. My wife is my world. They are lying to you. Because you need to hear them sometimes when they are upset what they say about their world. 
I know we use some words loosely in church, but inadvertently we have greater problems in the mind of many people. And this church, we are so poised into changing that by the grace of God. We must all work together to get relationships right. Marriage can truly make you better, but it can make you bitter. Otherwise, we will not have divorces. We won't see people married, but really separated. Living together, but not married. There are difficulties that we all go through in relationships. And we're praying to God as we go through this series, God will heal our heart. Many of us, particularly if we are going through a hard time in our relationships. So what does it really mean? How, how, what must I do to be single? Let me go through a few things. You must know who you are. I'm not talking about your name. Know who you are. Talk about, who did God call you? Knowing, knowing your own identity is to know your value. Know your value. That no man can define your value. No woman can define your value. Know who you are. Nobody should tell you your value if you know who you are. There are many people who are waiting for someone else to validate them. You're not single. You have to already have your own validation. So whatever anybody says, they are confirming what you knew. I'm not talking about your looks. I'm talking about what you are bringing to the table. I'm talking about what you carry with you. What you take to work. Some people, because you don't know who you are, your office asks you to leave and then your world collapses. A relationship breaks down and you go into depression. You must know who you are. You must be complete. You must be whole. If you decide to hook up with me, you must know you are hooking up with assets. Am I talking to people today? And if you choose to leave, it's your loss. You won't get this man again. You won't get a type of me again. I am unique. I am anointed. I am powerful. You must know that. I will advise you to reconsider, but per adventure, you go through that door. You lose it. You must know. This is where it begins, friends. Know your value. There are people because you are divorced and then life now has shattered. It shouldn't be. I want to commend people who after divorce, you are still raising your children. You are living your life. You are performing great things. You don't think because life is ended and therefore that is it. You know, when we see you, you look somehow. What happened? Know your value. Somebody said, know your value. Know your identity is to know that there was no mistake when God created you. If he wanted you tall like Tolu, you will be tall. Sometimes when I look at some tall people, I say, wow. God needs them to reach something higher that my hand cannot reach. <laughs> if he wanted you short, he will create you shorter. Don't look at your height and begin to feel, I am too tall. I am too short. The reason people are not coming to me is because maybe uh, I, need to, I need some enrichment. You don't? Find clothes that fit your shape. Know who you are. Get yourself right. 
there are some of us, whether you eat or not, you'll be big. Do you understand this? I'm not asking you to be big without reason. If you are big and you are still eating some kind of things, it will get worse. But here, listen carefully, there are some people, they eat more than anyone who is big, and they, nothing they eat, they will not increase in weight. Now, God made them like that. God created you the way he created you because he needs you to be who you are. So know your value. No, God did not make mistake to have given you your DNA. And now once you know that, you now begin to tell God, Lord, you created me this way. Everything I need to excel, I receive it. Because there are people who are looking for your size. Now, friends, knowing yourself is also to know that you may love your friend and care so much for your friend, but their destiny is theirs, not yours. So if your friend decides to commit suicide, don't join them. A lot of people, by association, they forget who they are. You must know that when you're in a relationship with somebody, there has to be a point where your wholeness must guide you into knowing, no, I'm not going to throw away my life. Now, because you are single and you know yourself, don't sit around waiting for someone else to now come and help you to discover you. Which means, when I said don't sit around, this is something I said to some of my friends, uh, single ladies, many years ago. Don't sit around and put a hold on your life. I am not going to improve myself in case I become too qualified. I'm not going to improve myself. I'm not going to buy a house. I'm not going to buy a car. I'm not going to improve my business. I'm not going to expand in this area. My dear friends, don't put your life on a hold. Life is for living. I know people who never go on holiday. They're thinking in their head, if I go on holiday and they ask me, are you, are you alone? No, find people like yourself. Or if you don't find, go by yourself. Live your life to the full. You don't know what's around the corner. The point I'm making here is that don't put your life on a hold. One of the things I see in church is many people have put their business on a the hold. They are waiting for some miracle to occur. Many people have put their dreams on the hold. They are waiting for something to happen to it. Start from where you are. Whatever it is, whatever level which you've got, start it. Begin small. Don't say because, oh well, you know, I made mistakes in the past. Now uh, I'm a single mother. Um, I'm, you know, I really can't. No, don't put your life on the hold. Don't put your life on the hold. Begin to improve your life. The righteous may fall seven times. They will arise. Find out about a course. Improve your life academically, spiritually, emotionally. Do you know another reason why you should not put your life on a hold? It's because when you keep on improving yourself, it will make you look continually younger. It will, it will actually elongate your life. When you put your life on a hold, my friend, because of the failures of yesterday, nobody wants to associate with you. When they see you, you are like several years older than your age. That's what happens when your life is on a hold. Another thing that happens when you stop actually improving yourself, developing yourself is you still want to associate with other people who actually have gone ahead of you, but it will not happen. 
Because your language will be different from theirs. Their level of thinking is higher than yours. You are not studying. You are not improving yourself. And you want to relate with somebody who is studying. Somebody who is improving. Somebody who is enlightened. So what happens is when they raise a conversation, when they're having a drink or having a meal, you don't know what they're talking about. So you're interjecting. And they say, oh, no, 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 Debbie, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, you keep quiet, you carry on. Then you look at them. Then you say something, you say, oh, no. No, that's not what it means. You see, there is, okay, I'll tell you later. Just be listening. It means this conversation is above your pay grade. What now happens is you now begin to get irritated. So pride will come in. You now be thinking, hmm, John is so rude. Every time he thinks he's the only one who is wise. You know, she's so, she's so smart. She only wants to display her knowledge. What's wrong with her? No, nothing is wrong with her. It's you, my friend. You have to continually improve yourself. It is called general knowledge. How do you deal with setback? Those are things you learn as an individual. So when there is a setback, when there is a need to pray, when there is a need to apologize, when there is a need to plan, we are coming together clicking because there's reputation from where your product is coming from. Well, many marriages that have not worked to become whole, many business partners that have not worked to become whole, many friends that have not worked to become whole, they, are, they do not have understanding of identity. When they come together, you're having to tell them, oh, can we not pray? Pray. Okay, you pray. Uh, you are the prayer person. You pray. Uh, you are the one saying, should you not apologize? Why? So the relationship continuously struggle because the foundation was not laid. That's why you get it in no matter how long you'll be married. That continues. Until you put it in now as you're hearing me. To know, wow, this is why we struggle. A player is bought from another country, another club. And the player that comes in today, does his medicals, accepted, and start playing for the club in two days or so. That player came in as a professional. That's why they bought him. He came in with every skill he needs to function. When the player gets to this club B, we don't teach the player how to jump up. We're not teaching him how to run to catch the ball or where to position himself. All we are teaching the player is the philosophy of winning for this team. But if we have to teach you, oh, Charlie, if the ball is coming, you run. That's not a person to buy. But when you are whole, you can fit in into a thing that God brings you into. Are you following me now? Which actually should knock something off in your mind straight away. That it's not like, like a marriage made in heaven. If a relationship breaks down, doesn't mean God will not create another one. Because it's about wholeness. I'm not asking you to change relationships. I'm just trying to debunk some things in your head. So you discover this, that... God expects us to come together. It's the same thing when we come to church. As where the church is slightly different because church is where we expect different range of work with God. Some people don't know him. Some people know him. But when we call you into workforce, call you into leadership, there is a level of expectation that we should fit in. We shouldn't just be beginning again. That's what Paul was saying. At the time that you yourself should be teachers. We are now beginning to teach you the foundations of faith. See, it's not expected. So that's what you get. Know who you are. 
Being single means do not put your life on hold, and I think I've talked about that. Okay, number two. Also, it means to be single means to be a person of conviction. A person of conviction. This is about your personal faith in the Lord. Relationship, as we said, has the power to magnify our output. But if what is inside us is wrong, then that relationship will magnify error. But if you have got conviction about your faith on the inside, then when you come together, what, you, what will happen, my friend, is that it will magnify the God on the inside. When you read Daniel chapter 1 that we read last week, and I'm trying to run over this, in verse 8, Daniel made up his mind. The Bible said he proposed in his heart. He didn't go around, guys, 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 everybody from Israel, let's meet up. You know what, we're not going to eat their food. No. He was not seeking opinion of other people. He proposed in his heart he will not defile himself from the food from the king's table. So by the time you get to verse 12, Daniel had become four. What do you mean? Other Jewish boys noticed Daniel that what he's doing resonates with their own conviction. There was no time, nowhere in the Bible, that you see Daniel trying to convince them, let's all agree. If I have about four people, maybe they will listen. No. There is something in you, my friend, if it's positive, that when you meet another person who is positive, your baby will leap. So here is the question. If your baby is leaping towards negative people, you need to ask yourself, what kind of seed are you carrying? Because there are some people that are always attracting the troublemakers. Always attracting problems to themselves. You must actually understand your conviction must be based upon your faith in God. That's why when some people see you and they realize that you have a conviction, they can either stand with you or not. If you have not been faithful, if you have not been clear, if you have not been strong, if you have not been absolute in matters of food, just food, when we face fire, the fiery furnace, you will sell us out. Are you getting my point? If you have a friend who they have not been straight in matters of little things, I will not do it. I will not tell him. I will not tell her. Just a little matter. And they have failed. My dear friend, when serious one comes up, you cannot rely on that relationship. Daniel proposed in his heart. You cannot trust another for a bigger level if you have failed in the common things. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, 32, the B part. It says, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we will die. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you do not know God at all. That is a new translation uh, version. That friend you have, God expects that relationship to be used for something bigger in future. Not necessarily marriage. That business relationship you have, that, that partner you have, that, that thing you are doing together, that, that prayer group you have, God is counting to use it in the kingdom. But if you don't allow it to stand now, to stand test, you can't now call upon it to do great things. 
So this is really where the challenge is. You must understand that if God brings you into a thing, some people it could be in a political field, some people it could be in an economic field, it could be in church setting, but it should be something much bigger. It's coming up in future. Do you know Daniel and his friends never thought the challenge of the fairy furnace would come? They didn't know anything about the lion's den coming. They didn't know. But they passed through the little test. So when fire came, listen to the answer. They said, listen, O king, we shall not be careful. You didn't find them asking, are you going to go through the fire? No, 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 no. They had come to that point. They knew who they were. We will not be careful. We're not thinking twice. We're ready to go through the fire. See, that's what happens when you have found yours. Number three, associate with people of vision in their eyes. People who have got vision in their eyes. That is just the, when they open their eyes, it's not just eyes. They can see. The Bible tells us that in Psalm 115, verse 5. It said they have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 14 says, The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fools walk in darkness. I mean, when you say the eyes are in his head, it means it's not just an eye socket we are talking about. These are people with vision we are talking about. They know the use of their head as a defense. They use it as a power for dominion. When they open their eyes, they can see potentials where other people can see problems. The, problem, the question I ask you is, what do you see? When you are talking to your friend, what kind of vision do you have? Do you only have visions of boyfriends and girlfriends? What is the vision? And listen to me. Whatever preoccupies your conversation is what you are seeing. None of our young people in this quarter, the future leaders group, is too young to have good vision. Vision of greatness. Because we see examples all around us. People who started businesses, even when they were young. And you can't have vision, you can't see great things. See, we saw an example this morning. Young people who wrote their own songs. By God's grace, they are going somewhere. We, we begin like that. You can write books, even as a young person. I pray that the Lord God Almighty will enlighten our eyes, every one of us. And it will illuminate our hearts. Let me give the last point quickly. Associate with people who have got trophies in their hand. People have got trophies. If you want to stay lit, then you must be a person that has something to show for it. They have got trophies. What do you mean by trophies? Talk is cheap. There are many people that will just talk, talk, talk. You know, I'll get you this. I'll do this for you. I'll take you here. I'll take you there. It's talk. Let me see how far you have taken yourself. You must show trophies in your hand. If you want to take anybody somewhere, be a friend. Commit yourself to somebody who has got something to show. Amen? I told us about the player that come into a team. They will tell you that he scored 20 goals last season. Do you understand this now? They will tell you that this is what this person has done. What have you got to show for where you are? You must be a person that got something to show. Trophies in your hand. 
Many people associate with people who are just talking. They promise them this, promise them heaven and earth, but they have got swept off under their feet and they're not thinking about the fact that they have nothing to show. This occurs many times when people are in school. You become a friend or a colleague who says to you, you know what? We don't need to go to that lecture. We don't need to do that homework. We don't need to do this, do that. My dear friends, be careful who you're associating with. Because one of my children's tutors said this thing to them one day. He said, be careful when you are in school. There are some people who don't need to work hard, but they are A-plus students. Do you understand this now? Sitting or reading the book once, they remember this. They get their A-stars. But some of us have to read, 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 read before I get my B. <laughs> Amen. Some people can party all night. And they get to the class and they get a star. You are not saying they are lucky. They are not lucky. So they have trophy in their hand, but their lifestyle does not match your lifestyle. Run. Some people, they are wiser than you. I remember years ago, speaking to a particular lady. Ah, it was only one time I slept with him and I'm pregnant. I said, ah, one time. There is nothing in this theory that says the number of times equals pregnancy. <laughs> Whereas some people do it, do it, do it, do it, nothing happens. Listen to me. Don't complicate your life. If the hand of God is upon your life, the day you say, no, 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 I'm going this way, God will say, go this way. He will pull you. But if you refuse, the thing will break. So you have to follow people who have got trophies. People who have got something in their life to show you. But now let's look at the positive one. Trophies. People can tell you that obeying these principles have helped them. They have followed this path of righteousness. They are the people who can challenge you. They are not commending you for staying, uh, con congratulating you for staying where you, you, you are celebrating mediocrity. They can tell you that hard work has brought this. Many people congratulate champions, but champions are made of people who discipline their life. Yes, they discipline their life. They get up in the morning. They train themselves. They discipline their life. They say, you know, this food I will not eat. That stuff I will not touch. And therefore, I will train myself for X number of hours every day. Follow such people. People who will be in church and they will listen. Not the ones who keep talking, talking, talking. Looking to Facebook. This man, let him go and sit down. I don't know what he's talking about. I'll keep talking. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> time is well spent. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, Please do call us on plus 44-208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless.